0: My guest this week is Kara Batar. Kara is a Kundalini yoga teacher. She also is an optimization coach. She helps people with transforming their lives. We have a great conversation, especially on Kundalini Yoga, which is such a fun thing to talk about. I hope you guys enjoy. Please check me out on uh, Instagram at Noor Kidwi. Like and subscribe to the podcast. Give a good rating. That always helps. And we're part of the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network on Six O Four Records. So check them out too. Let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Cara Buttar. All right. Welcome to another episode of God, yay or nay. I'm here with Kara Batar. Kara, thanks for joining me.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. It's nice to be here.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to this one, uh, especially you teach uh, kundalini yoga, which is uh, one of my favorite uh, things to talk about any kind of yoga um just background I love just learning about it uh, it's so much like a wealth of knowledge um I guess you're also an optimization coach you come from a background of uh becoming a lawyer and everything so uh, mm-hmm. I don't know can, can you give my audience a little bit of your uh, background we can get to know you a little bit
1: yeah of course I'm happy to so I was when I was in like middle school. I want to be an attorney. I would like walk around with like the Harvard law sweatshirts on, like I'm going to be an attorney. And so I made the decision when I was really young that I wanted to be an attorney and I worked really hard to that end. So it's like I I worked hard in high school and I graduated with highest honors and then I went on to college and I graduated summa cum laude and I, I published as an undergraduate in college. And then I went on to Duke Law on a scholarship um i published again while i was there and then from there i was recruited for i was recruited by and i did work for one of the largest law firms in the southeast doing high stakes corporate litigation and so it was like i you know i got this job and i had like it was like if you looked at my life on paper it looked perfect it looked Mm -hmm. like you know i had everything that i wanted i had everything that i had worked so hard for it was like i had this very like prestigious legal job we were doing this like significant legal work um and i had this cute little house like in the city by the law firm where i worked at and i had like money and i had like beautiful clothes and i when i had time i went on these like nice vacations and um in addition to that in addition to the um the corporate legal work I did. Um, so one of the things about working for a big law firm is big law firms have a lot of money, and what one of the things our law firm did was they put a lot back into the community. And so um, I was able to do a lot of um, pro bono work for victims of domestic violence, and eventually I was named leader of that project at our firm. And so it was like I'm doing all of this significant work, and and I'm doing meaningful work, and Just everything in my life looked so perfect, but I was, I would say, deeply unhappy. And it was, like, this kind of confusing thing because it was, like, I worked so hard for this. I got everything I thought I wanted, everything that I thought was going to make me happy, and I wasn't. And I kept just, like, telling myself, like, I should be happy. Like, I should be happy. Like, I have everything. And yet, I wasn't. I mean, I was... I was very unhappy and I don't, this wasn't something that was like noticeable from the outside, but it was something that I felt and that I was dealing with really all the time. And the more I stayed in that job, it was like, I kept trying to make it work and trying to make it work and trying to make myself happy in it and not wanting to leave it. Cause I didn't want to leave all that money. And you know. that's,
0: that's probably very hard to <laughs>
1: yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was so unhappy and so. Eventually, I mean, it took me years, but eventually I did I did leave that job um, and embarked on really a, a journey that I wasn't quite expecting. But, um, you know, it was like I was so unhappy and I was, like, trying to make things work. And part of me was like – it was like part of me knew, like, if I just move on to another job, It's going to be different faces, different places, but I'm going to feel the same. So it was Mm -hmm. like, it was like part of me in a way blamed the job for not being happy because it was high pressure, it was high stress. But then it was like part of me knew that like it wasn't the problem. And if I were to just go to another job, I would feel the same. And so Mm -hmm. what made leaving so um, challenging for me in part was that I so when you work for a big firm like that and you have a great resume like the firm would would actually have helped me get another job if i was like i'm unhappy here they would have been like okay let's help you find another job they had so many connections i had a great resume i could have gotten a better job i could have gotten a different job on my own Mm -hmm. but what i did was it was like there was this part of me that was like the job's the problem but then there was this part of me like no the job isn't the problem and i just need to find answers and if i go to a different job i'll feel the same so what I did was I left that job and I left without any sort of plan. Yeah, that's like,
0: tough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, what is my future going to hold? What am I going to do? I don't know. And it was the first time in my life, too, that I didn't have a plan. Because I had had a plan since I was like in middle school, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, so, yeah. So that's what I did.
0: And when, when you left, uh, were you into like yoga at the time? Or is this something you found after you left?
1: Yeah, no, I mean I had done yoga for years. Um, I had not done nor had I heard of kundalini yoga. So I I did know about yoga, um, and I had been doing it, but I I didn't know what kundalini yoga was. So after I left, I um again, it wasn't like I had this great mental clarity, like I didn't. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, why am I so unhappy? I'm not sure. I think it's my job, I'm not maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But after I left, what happened was um, a couple things happened that really surprised me. So there was, like, this part of me that was, like, give me two weeks away from this job, and I'm going to, like, feel amazing, and I'm going to, like, figure things out. And that totally did not happen. So what happened after I left was I just, like, I went from operating at this super high level, doing all this, like, super high level work, to leaving. And then after I left, it was, like, everything in my body just, like, crashed it was like everything ached everything hurt I was exhausted I had no energy it was like I, it was hard for me to even drive somewhere oh. so this was this yeah this dramatic difference in really like me functioning in the world I felt like and I didn't realize it at the time but basically I had been operating on adrenaline and stress most of my life it wasn't like I was just you know being energized by life. You know, I was like I kept going because I was stressed, you know, because I was like worried about things. And so when that stress went away, it was like my body just it showed me like here's the state you're actually in when you're not operating on adrenaline all the time.
0: Jeez.
1: Yeah. And then the other thing that happened that surprised me even more was that, you know, you would think having done all of those things Even though I had left that job, I still did it all. I still had accomplished all of that. So you'd think I would have some level of, like, self-worth or value.
0: Mm. (laughs) Just,
1: like, I did it. Like, I did it. Like, I'm not doing it now, but I did it. I can do it. But it was, like, when that job went away, it was, like, every shred of, like, worth and value I had just went right with it. And I felt absolutely terrible about myself. I just Mm. felt completely worthless, like I had no value. Um, And so that was the state that I found myself in after I left this job. And this wasn't something that was going to, like, resolve in two weeks. Um, I realized I was not in a good state, like, mentally or emotionally or physically. And so what I did was I just decided I'm going to... Dedicate all of my time and all of my resources to finding answers, to finding what will heal my body, to finding what it is that will make me feel good, to finding out can I have a different experience of life.
0: Mm. And uh, so, what uh, what did you do in that? Then, like, you probably <laughs> went and started the whole like spiritual exploration thing, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. So, what I did was I. Um, I took different... Like, I did a lot of research, and I took different, like, courses, and I took... I worked with different healers, and I tried all sorts of, like, the physical things, like the sauna, the float, the colonics, the cleanses, like, all the things, and I also went and trained in a number of modalities, so it was like, I'd I'd go start to use a modality or have a healer do it on me, and then I went and I trained in myself, got certified myself, worked on people myself, and so... I'm kind of, like, doing all this experimentation and all of this searching. Um, and I'm really giving things a good, a good, solid try. Like, I wasn't just jumping from one thing to the next. And um, so I did that for about a year and a half. So this is about a year and a half of dedicated full-time. Like, this is all I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. And if I thought that I had been surprised before, like after I left my job. Nothing really prepared me for how surprised I would be. And that after doing that for a year and a half, I would say my body was in a worse condition. In a worse condition. Worse condition. Yeah. And I would say I felt worse. Like I felt worse mentally and emotionally. And it was like, it was really one of the darkest moments of my life because Mm. it was like, I had this When I was working or before I really started doing that stuff, it was like there was this part of me that was like, well, your life could be different if you tried it. You know, this little kind of shred of like hope of like things could be different. You haven't really tried it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But then having tried it, given uh, giving like a year and a half to this and then feeling worse, it was like this, oh my goodness, what I'm searching for doesn't exist. Like Mm. this is what life is and it's not great.
0: You know Uh, what I mean? Like, uh, you know,
1: like we watch our bodies deteriorate and you know, we have moments of joy here and there, but they're just moments, you know, mm. life is hard. It's a struggle, it's sacrifice. And so, so yeah, so that's where I was at the year and a half mark after leaving
0: my job. (laughs) That's uh, pretty dark. No, I could, uh,
1: yeah
0: and i know that mindset of like uh when you're not feeling well and then you're going like oh my body's de- deteriorating and like mm-hmm. that just leads into very negative dark places i honestly i've yeah. uh i've been down that path myself
1: <laughs> mhm yeah
0: and uh, so when the so this is a year and a half mark we're at now you're in a worse place
1: mm-hmm. so
0: is there like uh a little bit of a turning point uh, coming yeah.
1: up? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I hope there's a turning point. Yes, there is a turning point. So <laughs> You're like, that's where I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. This would be a very interesting episode if that's all we talked about. Um, but yeah, so after a year and a half, you know, like I could have still gone to practice, gone back to the practice of law. Like I had a great resume. It hadn't been that long. But there was this part of me that was just like, keep going. You know? Mm -hmm. And so I did. And one day I turned on a Kundalini yoga class. And um, after I took that class, I, I felt different. Like I felt different. And so I continued to take classes. And the more classes that I took, the better I felt. And I started to feel energized. I started to feel clear minded. My body, it's like the aches and pains in my body started to go away. And so then I went on to to train in kundalini yoga, not necessarily, like, I didn't know I was going to do anything with it or teach it. I just wanted to know, like, what is this thing that's changing my life, and why is it changing my life, and why am I feeling so much better? And so I went and trained in it, and again, the more I did it, it was like... Um, in addition to the other benefits that I was getting, it was like I started to feel a sense of internal worthiness and value. And yeah. I started to feel like inspired, inspired within myself, inspired by life. And you know, as I trained in it and I did it more, I started to understand. Like I don't I don't really think we fully understand why Kundalini Yoga works. I actually think we are catching up to the yogis and what they knew. But I started to have an understanding of you know why why it was working at least on some levels and why it was giving me the results it was giving me, and so it was um, it was like the turning point for me finding that practice.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing uh, you did say, because you found Kundalini Yoga and that's where it kind of started uh, going. I've noticed when people are in that kind of searching phase, where during that year and a half you must have been in a lot of times we go and try all these different uh, modalities like you said and like a big part of it is like understanding that most a lot of stuff won't work for you you have to kind of give it a try but then also sometimes you have to kind of understand when it's not working for you and like move on to something else and then Mm -hmm. like you'll you'll know when you hit something that really has some like really has something to it to that actually will help transform yourself and help you make coal. Like what you, all the stuff you said, you started feeling worthy, you started feeling value inspired. Like these are the things you're trying to do. Right. So it seems like you found that once like you got to Kundalini and all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, this is it right here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you know, it does get kind of confusing too because it's like, um, when I'm trying all those other things, like, I was trying them because other people said they worked. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? There's Mm -hmm. all this stuff about, like, these work so well, and, um, you know, really, like, listening to that, and almost, like, for some of the things, quite frankly, I think I tried them for way longer than I needed to try them, because Mm. I almost kept being, like, no, this is no, no. Everyone <laughs> says <laughs> this works. And, and why isn't it giving me what it is that I'm looking for? And I think, I do think for some of the things that I tried, it was just like, um, they might have given me like a little, they might have like given me like a little, uh, you know, like yeah, a little a kind push. of movement. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's not really. That's not what I was looking for. Like I yeah. was looking for transformation. Like I was looking to lead a very different life than the mm-hmm. life I had led. I was looking to feel very differently than I had felt, and I was looking to have an experience of my body very different from what like mainstream messaging is about our bodies and the experience we can have of them. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it was it was an interesting kind of process that I'm. At the time, obviously, it was hard, but now I think that it was such a rich experience, because it showed me so clearly, like, okay, like, what doesn't work? What doesn't really move the dial? Or if something does work, why does it? And why does it move the dial? And what really is gonna, what really moves us into states of really transformation, where we can have a very different experience of our lives. So as much as it was challenging, I know now that it's, it's kind of molded what I'm currently doing and what i what i know now yeah challenging
0: but necessary almost Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, no i love that um all right let's get into kundalini yoga a little bit more um can you tell my audience maybe like how you would say kundalini yoga is different from other forms of yoga
1: yeah so typically like what people are used to seeing and it it really depends on the area that you're at like if you're on the west coast you're going to see a lot more kundalini yoga than you're probably going to see on the east coast but um so what people typically associate with yoga is like a form of is like a form of hatha yoga typically it's very posture and pose based and so you see people doing all the postures and all the poses um so kundalini yoga, it does utilize postures and poses, and some of them do look quite different from what people might be used to seeing in like other yoga classes. But what it does in addition to using postures and poses is it it uses a lot of different breathing techniques. So It's not like breathe in, breathe out. It's a lot of very different breathing techniques that accomplish different things. Mm-hmm. It also uses um, sound currents. So it uses mantra that come from the science of sound or the science of nod. And so in class, the classes are going to look quite different from, again, what people might be traditionally seeing because there's going to be chanting and there's going to be the use of mantra um so they also use uh hand positions and eye positions so the hands are connected to different parts of the brain and so when we use the hands in different positions we're stimulating different parts of the brain same with eye positions and in fact you can use like there's an eye position that we use to stimulate the pituitary gland because we can actually stimulate the glands by putting pressure on them and in addition so what do you mean to-
0: by yeah. eye positions by the way like yeah like putting them up or down like
1: so be like take your eyes, close them and through closed eyes you focus at the third eye point just oh, okay. between the eyebrows and slightly up or you yeah. have your eyes like just slightly open and you're focused at the tip of the nose mm. or the eyes are closed but you're focused at the top of the head
0: and this like actually uh, you can stimulate different parts of the brain with this
1: yeah and also the, um, the glandular system too Wow. Yeah oh. and of course too so so kundalini yoga it's looking at our you know the like um uh, what we would like the glandular system and the nervous system, but it's also too working with our energetic system. So the chakra system and the mm. in Kundalini yoga we have ten bodies. So it's dealing with those ten bodies for from an energetic level. So too, like you know, when we look up at the top of the head, we're dealing with like a different chakra. Also, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and it's but it also is stimulating like the glands, working on the brain. Yeah, and so Kundalini yoga also uses meditation and it uses relaxation. And so it's using all of these different things to create a result. And so looking at a class, it is going to look kind of different because they're pretty dynamic. They're using all of these things. And and I kind of touched on this, but what when we're utilizing all of those things, what we're doing is, you know, we're complex and dynamic beings. We're not just physical beings and so kundalini yoga is approaching us as these complex and dynamic beings and so it's working our physical body for sure and it's working critical systems of the physical body like the nervous system and the glandular system like I had I really didn't understand the importance of working on my nervous system and my glandular system and the impact that has on how I feel Mm. And the impact that has on the health of my body. It also works the immune system. It works the circulatory system. So it's working those physical systems. It's working a person from um, an emotional level also. So Kundalini Yoga, it helps you release and get rid of suppressed emotions. And it helps you deal with current emotions. It also helps you to control and direct your mind. So we're working like on a mental kind of level. Yeah. And it's also going into and helping you release and get rid of subconscious, like old subconscious beliefs. So it's working the physical, the emotional, the mental. And then again, like I said before, it's also working from this energetic level where it's looking at how we're structured as energetic beings, like with the chakra system. Um, And then the yogic sciences, like the 10 bodies. And so, and what it's doing is it's like working all of this at one time, in a sense, you know, like we, we structure certain classes, like maybe a class is very, or practice very focused on the nervous system, but it's approaching us as these whole beings. And so now it's like, once I studied it, I'm like, oh, you know, this is why I was getting such a result from doing Kundalini Yoga, because it is, it, it offers what I would say is like a lot of bang for the buck.
0: Oh, okay, doing <laughs> all of this
1: stuff, you know, in like one practice, which is pretty incredible.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like that. Um, and I, you said it yourself. So so like when you're doing different routines for a class, like it kind of encompasses all of it together almost, right?
1: Yeah. And at the same time though, you can focus, do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Focus focus a certain practice on, yeah. And the, the cool thing too, another cool thing, there's many cool things, but another cool thing about kundalini yoga is so, um, Taking a class is wonderful. I highly recommend it. There's so much that can be accomplished in taking a class. But what happens too is, as you take the classes, you'll come to learn different practices that you can do, like a lot of these practices you can do in like three minutes a day and they're structured and they're geared towards certain things. So like there's a meditation if you're feeling blocked. There's a practice you can do, and it takes three minutes. You could do it while you were sitting at your desk.
0: Mm. There's
1: um, a practice you can do if you're feeling like kind of down or kind of depressed to kind of stimulate the glandular system and help you feel better and help you be energized. That's a three minute practice. And so as you, as you learn kundalini yoga more, it's like you're, it's like you almost develop this kind of, um, this, like these different practices that you can pull out as needed. It's like, oh, well, I could really use this now. I'll just do this now. And I could use this now and I'll do this now. So I feel like it has, um, you know, for somebody like myself, who was, I worked so much, so it was like um, the, the idea of having something that I could do in three minutes and like kind of pull out, like I'm feeling super stressed right now, or I'm feeling super lethargic right now, or I'm feeling super blocked right now. The fact that it, like, it's like I could have pulled out these practices and some of them I could have done them at my desk for three minutes that That's... could have really helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I remember when I did a Kundalini class, I've only done a couple and it's been a few mm-hmm. years, but uh... mm-hmm. I, I still remember the breath of fire. like Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like mm-hmm. I sometimes do it just to kind of energize my body because like just yeah. doing it for like 30 seconds, like, you just feel so much more energized.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's estimated that a third of the population is not even breathing well enough to sustain normal health. Now, mm-hmm. this is really fascinating. One, because, I mean, people are so concerned about their health right now. We have a third of the population not even breathing well enough to sustain normal health. But the other really interesting thing about that is, is that, you know, we can use our breath to do so much. Like in kundalini yoga, we have these different breathing techniques. You can use them to like energize yourself, detoxify yourself. There's um, a meditation that uses a breathing technique that goes after viruses and bacteria. I mean, what we can do with our breath is immense. It's like we hold this superpower within us mm-hmm. that we can tap into, and yet most people aren't even breathing well enough to sustain normal health. So that's impacting, obviously, too, how they feel, their clarity of mind, so many different things.
0: Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, just studying a little bit of yoga. Uh, it was a half of yoga, but they did a like class on breath. And, uh, like, yeah, just like when they talk about how your breathing changes throughout the day with night and day and like even your nostrils, you start breathing through different nostrils Mm -hmm. at different times. Like all of that knowledge just kind of blew my mind. I was like, how the hell like, have we never even talked about this kind of stuff? And, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know, like the practices like of just aligning yourself with how the days and the environment and nature around you flow. I find that to be a very fascinating thing as well, because like you can optimize your own self by just kind of becoming more in touch with like the nature around you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We hold so much power within us to be in states of like health and well-being and mental clarity and energy. And it, you know, it's right within us. It's like these practices, like you said, if I if I do breath of fire for thirty seconds, I feel more energized. You know, I'm mean? like, mm-hmm. we hold the power to do this within our like, and it's just like within us, we can just like that's what I love about Kundalini yoga. Like you don't, you don't need you just sit and do it by yourself. Like you learn the practice. Once you have the practice, you always have the practice, mm-hmm. and you can do it. You know, and you're right. Different and different nostrils um, are connected to different parts of the brain. They bring up. You know, they bring different impact to the body. Like if you breathe through the left nostril, that's very calming.
0: Mm -hmm. If you want to be
1: energized, you you breathe through the right nostril. It's like...
0: And your body does that naturally, right? So like at night, you'll... And I started noticing it myself, when I started paying attention, you start noticing like, holy shit, I'm breathing mostly through my left nostril <laughs> because it's night. And then yeah. in the morning you start breathing. You're like, oh, it's coming in through the other one. Like, uh, yeah, that like yeah. kind of blew my mind. And I'm just like, how the hell did I not like ever know this?
1: I know. Our bodies are so brilliant and they're so magnificent. And it's like, if we just take the time to understand them, what that can do for us. I mean, it's just, it's immense.
0: Hmm. Um. So you were talking about mantras and like sound uh, and that aspect with Kundalini. And I do remember when I took a class, we did uh, like do chanting and stuff like that together. Mm-hmm. Um, can you uh, can you can you maybe let my audience know just like what that accomplishes or like any of the possible benefits or what, why we're doing that?
1: Yeah, so there's there's a couple of things. So first of all, on the, the hard palate of the roof of the mouth, we have 84 meridian points. And so it's almost like you could almost view that as like a keyboard. And when we hit that hard palate of the roof of the mouth, what it does is it sends signals to the hypothalamus in the brain, which then communicates with the endocrine and the nervous system. And so when we're using certain mantras, it's almost like you could see them as like Codes in a sense oh, that we're wow. like that we can utilize to give us a certain result in the physical body, and mm. so that's kind of one way. That's one kind of like the benefits of using sound, and and in class too. Like a lot of times, I'll you know like and you'll hear not just me but other teachers be like, make sure the tip of the tongue is hitting the roof of the mouth when you're saying these things.
0: Oh, okay. because
1: it is you've got those eighty-four meridian points on the the hard palate, of the roof of the mouth. The other thing about the sound is it's like we live in this sea of vibration. It's like quantum physics tells us that like we're we're we are vibrating and we're living in this sea of vibration. And if you want to like kind of think of it simply, it's almost like the higher vibrations are kind of like the things that feel good to us and the lower vibrations are maybe the things that don't feel as good to us. And so when I how I see like mantras um one way to view mantras is that they're almost like this kind of brilliant shortcut in a way mm. to raising our vibration to helping us feel better and so it's like it's like these are specific vibrations that um like the yogis like you know kind of like they they put together they understood this science of sound and so these specific vibrations it's like when we chant them it's like we use them to change our vibration and so for instance there's like um, um, there are all sorts of different mantras in this in kundalini yoga like for instance there's a mantra for healing so if you're in a state of disease or disease it's like you're in the you're in a lower vibratory frequency and so mm-hmm. this mantra you use this mantra you can bring yourself into these higher states these states of health and well-being and the thing about it is you can chant the mantra which is very beneficial and we utilize the mantras with different postures and poses and breathing techniques And it's like when we mix them all together it's like we get kind of even a greater result yeah you can also use the mantra like you can um put it on while you're sleeping and have it just really low to like kind of infuse you and infuse your space with that higher vibratory frequency and so it really is, it's almost like this really cool shortcut to be like, well, how do I bring myself into these higher vibratory states? Like I can use a mantra. And so they're, they're really cool. And, you know, again, I, I don't think we fully understand why kundalini yoga works, but there have been scientific studies on kundalini yoga and some of the different meditations in kundalini yoga. And there's a meditation that uses a Particular mantra, Sat ma.
0: Ah, that's the one we used. Yeah, is that the one you used?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this particular meditation you use you and you're using it as you touch each the thumb to each tip of the finger. Yeah. And so this meditation, they found it to be um, really effective for helping with Alzheimer's disease, and so it's actually mentioned on their like that institute's website. But the interesting thing about the study is, so they found this meditation to be effective in impacting the brain in these certain ways. But when they just did the meditation and they didn't use that mantra, they didn't get the same result. They didn't have the same benefit. Yeah. So these mantras, it's like, I think, you know, we're again, like we're catching up to why these particular mantras are so effective. It's like, you you know they are through your own experience if you've used them because mm-hmm. like I've I've had the experience myself like why is this so impactful but but it is and I think we're really catching up to that like why we you know why they work so well and it was like interesting in the study they're basically like we don't understand why you have to use this mantra but you do and mm-hmm. it's not as effective if you don't use it so it's really fascinating stuff
0: that that is really fascinating and uh yeah i've never i'm not gonna lie i've never really was like big on sound or anything and like if someone told me oh I'm doing some sound therapy and stuff i would kind of roll my eyes like all right mm-hmm. whatever uh but like i i for the last like six seven years i've been working with uh ayahuasca it's like a plant medicine i've been yep. doing that mm-hmm. like once a year but yeah. the the shaman people who work with that they use sound on you all the time and at first mm-hmm. I, I was always kind of like all right whatever but um, the more I started getting a connection with the medicine and I can actually calm myself down and actually like feel what's happening when they're like singing, like yeah. the sound and how it hits your body and how it changes your body. I mm-hmm. like it blows your mind you, yeah. when you when you start to feel that and you're just like and you could feel like you could say vibration. I guess that's like. We don't have a better word for it, but like mm-hmm. when you can feel like your vibration starts to become more energetic and calming, and hap are like yeah more happy. I guess like it's just yeah. you just feel in such a better place, and you can feel the sound actually working on you like that. Now I'm a believer. <laughs>
1: yeah, I love that you got to have that experience because it really shows too. I mean, there are things that can really make a difference for us. There are technologies that can really make a difference for us. And they're not that complicated, like they're not, like they're right there for us. And, you know, it's not like I, I'm not um, like a yogic histor- like historian or something, but, um, you know, in what I've generally come to understand through my studies of kundalini yoga is that, you know, these mantras, when they were discovered or created or however you want to like put it, they were really guarded, They were not just given to anybody because the yogis who had them, they knew how powerful they were. And so it really took a lot just to get a hold of these mantras. Mm. And now it's just like we have them and we can just use them. And I just think that is such, such a wonderful thing. I mean, they're just there for us. I mean, you can look one up on Spotify And you know what I mean? And that's just such a, it's such a wonderful thing because they are so, in my experience, um, powerfully effective.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, All right. I I wanted to kind of talk about uh, kind of our thinking. I I know you were uh, like talking about when you were in that, uh, like working and in the year and a half after that, uh, you were suffering with a lot of thoughts of unworthiness, lack, um, just like yeah just worth kind of like your self-worth had like a really big uh uh thing like honestly it's the same with me I I, uh I felt that before in the past and I know so many people this is just a thing that we all kind of feel like we suffer with these kind of negative thoughts um I was thinking like how do you help uh, people like and not only in your coaching but in kundalini and stuff like to develop more value, to develop more of like a self-worth and a better outlook of thinking? Because I also saw on your website, you're like saying, this, this isn't positive thinking you teach because I, and I, I, I remember I used to uh, get into positive thinking, but that doesn't really work too much. So maybe mm-hmm. can you tell me why that doesn't work and what's uh, the way you kind of go around that?
1: Yeah. So, so what I do for, to deal with, to address like, People's worth and their value, and also their thoughts. So, I have um, two programs that I created. One is called The Foundation, and one is called Thoughts. And so, The Foundation really gets into, and really what both of these programs are about is they're really about who you are and how you function. And I know people might say, Well, I know who I am and I know how I function, right? I would have said the same thing. But if If a person is living in states of worry, in states of stress, if a person is living in states where they're feeling unworthy or they're feeling like controlled by their mind, they have these thoughts of fear, these thoughts of lack, they are not living in what I would say the truth of who they are. They're not living in what their fundamental nature is. They actually don't understand Mm -hmm. who they are and how they function. And so what the foundation goes into is like this, who are you? How do you function it's really a deep dive into the person and when when we dive deep into ourselves like what is there what our fundamental nature actually is is our fundamental nature it's love through and through it is deep and profound creativity that is unique to us like there is such a a worthiness and value to who we are as people like we didn't come here to become something we already are it we came here to express like the genius the brilliance the uniqueness the creativity that we are and the joy and the ecstasy of that like that's why we're here Mm -hmm. so it's really a deep dive into the person into understanding who they are and then thoughts is a deep dive into how our thoughts function and um and you're right like i tried positive thinking for oh my goodness so so many years and it was so frustrating to me because it like, I became afraid of my thoughts in a way. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm thinking something bad, but I can't seem to think something good. And you know what I mean? It was just this like, this ping pong match of thinking the bad thing, trying to think the good thing. And, and moreover, not getting a result, like not getting the results that I want. My life wasn't changing. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel stuck in this kind of ping pong match in my mind. And then my life isn't changing. And I would say for most of my life, I felt very controlled by my mind. Like it was just like constant thoughts of like fear or worry or I would turn in a project at work and then just like, you know, go on a rampage in my mind of like how it's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? Ha-ha. And it, it would yeah, even yeah. be like people would tell me like they'd be very happy. I mean, I was told people were very happy with my work. But in my mind, it's like I'm this mess of – unworthiness and like beating myself up and self-criticism and so the thing with the mind is so my, my program like obviously it does a deep dive on this but the thing with the mind is you know we, we people have this kind of thing of like oh my mind's just off doing these things like oh my mind is just such this kind of pain you know what I mean our minds are meant to serve us and they can serve us in powerful ways it takes an understanding of like how do we control and direct our mind and how do we harness the power of our mind to serve us. And it's not something that we can just do by being like, I'm going to think a positive thought. Yeah. There's there's no depth to that. There's no power to that. There's no, um, you know, we've got to, to change. Like there has to be a compelling reason to change your thinking, you know, and a person has to learn how to control and direct their mind and they have to learn that like, through their own experience, they can have a very different relationship with their mind. Their mind doesn't have to be this thing that's controlling them, that they're dictated by, that they're basically like a servant to. Mm -hmm. And so it takes, you know, it takes a a different form of looking at your thoughts and how they're functioning and how your mind is functioning. And so I use the program, but then I, I do also use Kundalini Yoga because Kundalini Yoga, it helps you control and direct your mind. it helps you have a different relationship with your mind through the different like meditations and practices and mm-hmm. so and so yeah, it's it's so interesting to me like our, it's like so many people will tell you like, oh, your thoughts are so powerful and your thoughts create things and they'll say all this stuff, you know It's none of, I mean some of that's true that's there because some distinctions there that need to be made, but it's like we spend all of this time in school and getting educated and getting degrees and all of this stuff and yet it's like we don't know how to control and direct our mind we don't know how to harness the power of our mind to serve us like we weren't taught how to do that and we weren't taught how if we're not doing that why Mm -hmm. like if our mind is keeps coming up with these thoughts of fear and of worry and of stress why why does it keep doing that there's a reason Do you know what i mean it's not just it's not just this thing that's there to like make your life miserable Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it's like too we we don't really understand who we are and how we function we walk around like we have to keep making ourselves valuable and making ourselves worthy and like you know doing all these things and I just think that's such um that's interesting for one thing (laughs) but it's kind of a travesty too in a way like understanding ourselves is so fundamental and it's so critical to us functioning in ways like where we're one, happy, but two, where we're expressing like who we are. There's such a beauty to us expressing who we are as opposed to kind of being stuck in these states of I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable, and I'm going to go off and do all of these things that maybe really aren't expressive Uh of who I am at all. Like we have within us an innate and I would say infinite creativity that's for us to express if we so choose to. We don't have to choose to do it. You know, We can choose something different. But I think many people are choosing something different, but they're not doing it from a—they don't think they have a choice.
0: Yeah, and it can come from fearful thoughts again. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I really like how you said that, and um, it's kind of true. Like you're not trying to get to these better states of like health or creativity or whatever you want. through like positive thinking, it doesn't work. I've tried that as well, and i i've I've seen how it fails as well but how how you said it, I think it's so perfect. It's like we have to learn more how to understand our mind and how like when you do like this kind of meditations and breath work and stuff like that i've I've noticed too you your mind starts to calm down and then you can you feel like you have more control or directive of your mind. you can direct it a lot better. And from there, that's when those positive aspects of life, like your joy, your inspiration, those things kind of like grow out of you. It could like, it comes out of you and like, it's not something you like, uh, yeah, it comes out of you like naturally. And It's kind of like how creativity, it comes out of you. It's not, uh, it's not something you're going to like, just like use your will to just push through and get like, it just doesn't work like that.
1: That's so beautifully stated. I just think that's so you're so accurate. And like, you know, it from your own experience, like you, you can say that because you felt it, you felt it come out of you. It's not something that you push into existence. My whole life, before I understood these things was pushing things into existence. <laughs> I mean, it was. <laughs> I think that's what, uh, that's the
0: whole uh, occupation of lawyers. Yeah.
1: Not? <laughs> I mean, it was just, and, you know, quite frankly, I didn't know, like, the programs that I wrote, I didn't know that was in me. It was like those really came out of me. I mean, yes, I had life experience that supported them and that helped me write them, but it did. They, they flowed out of me. We really, we each have our own unique gifts and talents, and we are such creative beings, and that creativity flows. And you're right, with meditation, what happens is when we meditate, we can actually watch our mind, Right so when you're meditating you can actually watch your thoughts. People have this concept of I need to meditate to stop thought. Like you're not going to do that. Okay? Uh, you're uh, not going to uh, stop uh, your thoughts. That's not going to happen. But but what does happen in meditation is you can actually start to watch your thoughts. So like when you meditate it's like the you can have the thought come but then you just let it go. You don't attach to it. And so what that shows a person is they're more than their minds. Mm-hmm. Their minds aren't them. They're separate from their minds. They exist beyond the mind. And if you like, if you really start to cultivate that relationship with your mind, like, oh, I'm not my mind. I'm, I'm beyond my mind. I'm more than my mind, but my mind's over here and it exists. Oh, and I can control and direct it. Mm -hmm. I can watch those thoughts and let them go. I don't have to attach to them. It's like you start to understand your mind in a different way. You start to have a different relationship with it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then like, yeah, like you said, you're not, you stop identifying with the thoughts, like kind of how you said you can't stop your thinking. I know like Alan Watts, who's one of my favorite uh, speakers, he used to say like, that's like trying to stop a river. You're not stopping it. <laughs> or like, you know, and if you're completely identified with the thought, now you're just floating in the river and the river's mm-hmm. taking you. So yeah. like to be able to stand above it and just notice it as a river flowing, then like there's a lot more power to come from that. And and now you're identified more with the witness and like that gives you kind of a little bit of a deeper understanding of consciousness, at least.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then when you start to do that, you can say, well, I can watch this thought and I can let this thought go, right? This thought's come. I can watch it. I can let it go. Well, what else can you do? You can actually consciously choose a thought. Well, now, let, why don't I actually choose a thought and give my energy and attention to that thought?
0: It's mm-hmm. like you,
1: Again, you start to really have more control of this is the thought I want to choose and give my energy and attention to. Oh, this thought over here, I'm going to let this thought go. And there, there is when you really, like in my program, we really talk about like, how do you do that? How do you really hone in and give your energy and attention to a certain thought and let other thoughts go? How do you do that? And you really need a compelling reason to do that. Because if you're giving your energy and attention to certain thoughts, like thoughts of fear or thoughts of lack or... You're doing it because you think those thoughts are true. Mm -hmm. So we've got to address some of these things, which is, again, why this positive thinking, it's so surface level. It's like, oh, just think a positive thought. Well, if you're giving your energy and attention to another thought, there's a reason. You're not just doing it. We've got to address those reasons. Why are you giving that energy and attention to those thoughts and how can you shift it? And why should you shift it to a different thought?
0: I love that. So you said that we need a compelling reason a few times. And... um also from like a lot of the work and like how you've been talking this whole way even your own transformation sometimes it's about finding your own passion a little bit that can kind of change your whole course of your life can change the whole course of your thinking and all of that stuff is finding something you're really passionate about or something you resonate with and like it seems like kundalini was kind of that for yourself um do you do you have advice that you give people when like, cause I know this is probably one of the biggest things. A lot of people who come to the, our kind of industry of like self-help and stuff, they, they find themselves in is like, they don't have that thing that they're passionate about. They don't have that thing that like their soul screams for kind of thing. Like, do you have like uh, any kind of advice you give to people to kind of, I, I know it's not like you're going to find it, but you know, point them in the right direction.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love this question. So I I love this question so much because part of my fear in leaving my job, I was like, What will I do? This concept of like being passionate about something, being in love with something, that was that was not how I directed my life. My life was all about like what I should do, what I needed to do, what was the right thing to do. Like as or as if, right? You know, it's just like uh, yeah. and um and I remember even just you know, it was like, I didn't even have any hobbies. It was like, I just, my whole life was so directed at like these things I thought I should do or I needed to do. And so it was so scary for me to leave my job in the sense that I was like, but I, I am not passionate about anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like what, what is that? Like, I don't I, like, I kind of, you looked at people who would like be like singers or musicians or something like, oh, they're creative, but not me. Right. Or they have some of passion and creativity, but I don't have that. And I will tell people you absolutely have it within you a hundred million percent and it's unique to you and it's who you are. And when you express that your world will change. And so um, of all the things that I tried, a lot of the modalities I tried and trained and I don't actually use those anymore, but I came across a modality. um, They're called soul realignment readings and manifesting blueprint readings. And these are something I do use because, I mean, if you want to talk about a shortcut, <laughs> <laughs> these are such a shortcut. These readings identify people's gifts and talents. So you can actually get one of these readings and it will tell you what your gifts and your talents are, like what your creative expressions are in the world. And there's a generalness to it, right? So there's still like, it'll give you a general, like a kind of a big picture. And then like what you kind of dive it in, like. You're like you're you're gonna have a more kind of um, honed in and unique expression of that, but what I've found with these readings is um, they're spot on. I- I'm amazed at their accuracy. And so for me, though, my position is once you come more and more into the truth of who you are, once you know more and more who you are and how you function, those gifts and those talents they reveal themselves. So for me, what happened was even before I found these readings, it was like these gifts and talents were coming forth in me. I was starting to see them. Like I was starting to feel inspired. I was starting to feel drawn to certain things. Then I got one of these readings and it was like, so here are your gifts and talents. I was like, oh my goodness. It was so clarifying for me.
0: And what did uh, the reading say about your gifts and talents? I just want to understand because you said it's like kind of general a little bit.
1: It's kind of general. So it's, but it's also kind of general but a lot of information
0: okay (laughs) so
1: if if i were to give so my gifts and talents there's actually quite a bit of information regarding my gifts and talents but if i were to give you maybe a term it would be um divine um divine wisdom
0: okay
1: and the other one would be um divine order so Now, within that, there's a lot. So, like, for instance, like, I'm a person who really loves balance and order and harmony and law. And I actually am very good at putting things in states of order such that I can train other people in how to do certain things. Mm. So it's like one of my gifts is like I'm a really good, like, coach or trainer. Distinct from a teacher. Teachers are actually different interestingly enough
0: um
1: yeah um and so also too i have um like this kind of innate sense of like how when i said divine wisdom it's kind of like an innate sense of like how the this experience is structured and it works and so it's so interesting like i found these things out after (laughs) i had basically become a coach and written my programs.
0: Oh, and so, nice. again,
1: yeah. There's a lot of depth to these. I'm giving you like a super superficial overview yeah, of these. Of course. These. Of
0: course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but it was so, um, like validating in a sense. It's so strengthened my like, Oh, I'm, I'm expressing who I am. Like I'm expressing my gifts and talents <gasps> here. Um, Sorry if you heard a dog bark. That's my dog, Rosie. (laughs) She's always with me. Um, It was so validating. But the other thing, too, is if, say, I hadn't already kind of gone down that path where I'd really kind of discovered myself, it can really put people on the path. Like if I'd have heard those things years ago, that would have really benefited me. Because the interesting thing when when I've done these readings for people and I give people their gifts and talents – Sometimes their response will be, "That's not a gift or talent. Like mm. that's just I'm, that's just normal. Like so for me, for instance, when I talk about like divine order and like law and order and balance and beauty, like I would always do things to make things beautiful or organized. But to me, I was just like, that's not a big deal. Anybody can do that. Yeah, I actually can't. I actually yeah. can't. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And so it's so part of it is like really it's like it's almost like you're so used to having these gifts that you don't even realize they're your gifts and then the other thing is we live in a polarity planet and so you have your gifts then you have a polarity of your gifts so what happens to some people it's like they'll they'll kind of know what their gifts are but they won't know it as a gift they'll like but they'll kind of be expressing it what will what i'll also see happen is a person they won't identify with their gifts at all they'll identify with the polarity because they're so kind of off it's like if you have the gifts then you can more likely fall into the polarity of the gifts like you're Mm going to fall into one or the other and so (gasps) i have found these readings to be just so beneficial and so accurate and they also they give more information than just your gifts and talents um they also tell you how you're structured to thrive in the world among other things. But because you brought up the gifts and talents thing, I would say typically, you know, understand the truth of who you are and those gifts and that creativity will come out. You can also get these readings and just have like a shortcut right yeah, to it. Ha, ha, ha. And then well, you can just go out and own them and live in them and be in them and create in them. So,
0: You know what? Uh, it's kind of funny, like uh, just just how you said, like you naturally used to just, make things beautiful and in order so when you like heard that about yourself you're like whatever like that's just who I am it's funny how a lot of our gifts and talents are just like oh that's what it is like you already kind of know it sometimes but you just think it's not really a talent but a lot of times it is like um I one thing I recently figured out about myself was like um one of my gifts is like I'm really good at making people feel safe around me and like kind of mm. disarming them a little bit and like allowing mm. them to be more open and sharing around me mm-hmm. and like I, I've i always kind of known that about myself but it's always been yeah. something like yeah and sometimes I used to think that was a weakness I was just like oh like people think I'm weak so they're like <laughs> disarmed around me I feel safe mm-hmm. you know but like once I have like actually like really like thought about it, was like no that's Um, honestly such a great strength to have and it's been working so well and just like my whole career as well. So um, it's kind of funny to, when you learn about this stuff, you you will kind of understand that a lot of the stuff you already know, but it's good to like know that and like become a lot more aware of it and lean into it, lean into what you're really, um, what your nature, like you said, well, what comes natural to you?
1: Absolutely. I, Yes, I totally agree with you. The way you, that your story was so spot on. It's like we have these gifts and talents and so interesting too. Like I, you know, I really love to make things beautiful and organized. Well, One of the things people, some people used to say was like, you're obsessive compulsive. And it's almost like I saw my, these gifts of mine as this, like somehow this bad thing. Well, that was, that nothing could be further from the truth. I was really... I was, I was nowhere near obsessive compulsive, but I loved having things orderly and organized. And so when I saw things that weren't orderly and organized, I just instantly knew like, this is how to organize this. But mm-hmm. for someone who has a different set of gifts, and especially if kind of we're both off, then it's like, they're looking at that, like, you know, they might look at it differently. And I was, wasn't totally owning it, obviously, cause I didn't know, Yeah, but it, can, yeah. But it does, it comes so easy to you too. And it's it's like there's an ease, there's a flow to it, there's a naturalness to it. And it really is something to just own. Because the other thing is this it's when we talk about creating abundance. I mean, I know we, we talk about that a lot. Um, you know, and people like you know for in my job, for instance, like I made a lot of money, right? And so but I that was not abundance, right? Because I sacrificed myself basically my happiness my joy I worked so hard it was just like this grind and this push and I would just go into work completely deplete myself use all the energy I had go home exhausted and then like do it all again right I got a lot of money but when you look at the balance like did I really Mm -hmm. did I really come out on top there right Mm -hmm. or did I break even or did I even lose some in a sense Mm -hmm. when we talk about true abundance like if A person really wants abundance that comes from expressing their gifts and talents because it's through expressing your gifts and talents that you actually get energy. So if we look at this from an energetic perspective, when you're utilizing your gifts and talents, it's like you're tapped into and receiving infinite energy. Mm. And so when you're using them, you're not being depleted by it. You're actually energized by it. And then you're also giving out to the world your gifts and talents. They're giving money back to you for it in many instances. But like that's where your abundance is. It's you being you. It's you expressing you. It's you living from and being in these gifts and talents. And so if people are in this position where they feel like they're just like grinding and slaving away and depleting themselves to get money, like that's not abundance. And they can have such a different experience.
0: That's awesome. That That's really nice. Uh, all right. Uh, I got one more question. It's the question of the podcast. So, Kara, uh, Batar,
1: God, yay or nay? so it would depend how you define god (laughs) i'm gonna allow
0: you i'm gonna allow you to do that
1: yourself (laughs) true true lawyer here um
0: so Um, in the the
1: terms define define the the terms terms. (laughs) so in the if you look for like in kundalini yoga god is a mantra god it's generating organizing and delivering force and so for defining god that way i would say yay
0: Okay, can you uh maybe go into that a little bit? Uh you would say the mantra again?
1: So the mantra is like geo so man- so god is a mantra used in Kundalini yoga and GOD it's generating, organizing and delivering force, right? So it's like generating, organizing and delivering force.
0: Okay. All right, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's uh all right. Uh Kara, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, this was a really fun podcast. Um please let my audience know where they can find you and uh, also let them know about uh, the, uh, the thing we were just talking about with the cards to help find your like gifts and like your true uh, uh, like talents and stuff like your natural ones.
1: Yeah, of course. So people can find me at my website. It's I'm also on Instagram, Karen Nicole Bittar, and Facebook Karen Nicole Bittar. But on my website, you can sign up for a complimentary discovery call just to learn about my programs and what really would be a good fit for you. And in my programs, I offer those uh, Manifesting Blueprint and Soul Realignment readings where they go into your gifts and talents and how you thrive. And they also go into you know, if you're blocked in kind of like a certain way, you keep having kind of the same things come up over and over again, what that what's going on with that. And so I offer those readings as part of my program, but I also offer them separately. And so you can find all of that on my website.
0: Sweet. All right. And I'll toss that website in the podcast description for everybody. All right, Kara, thank you so much for doing this. And I hope we can do it again in the future.
1: Yeah, wonderful. I had the best time. Thank you for having me.
0: Alright, that was another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good rating. That always helps. And share it with like-minded people. I really do appreciate that. You can check me out at NoorKidY on Instagram, or check out my website, NoorKidY.com. You can see my comedy. You can see my comedy dates that are coming up and all that other information. We're part of the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network on 604 Records. But I'll see you next time on another episode of God Yay or Nay.